Welcome to the Axe Church Leander podcast. Join us in person or online on Facebook at 9.30 a.m. Today's reading is from the third uh, chapter of James, verses 13 through 18. Two kinds of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. Heavenly Father, Lord, you train up every generation, uh, Lord, to follow and to seek you. Lord, as your children, uh, Lord, you have a plan. Lord, and James, it's such a great opportunity for us as your kids to hear that plan. And so I just pray that you speak through me, uh, you speak through your word, Lord, and that we leave a little bit closer to who you are uh, and understanding who we are in you. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. So, oh, well, all right, there we go. Uh, the whole book of James is really just answering this question. How do we live by faith? Uh, and if, if you've ever, like me, thought, okay, I get who Jesus is. I get he died on the cross for my sins. Uh, I understand that he, he rose back to life. I, I understand what heaven is. I understand what eternity is. But what do I do here and now? James is the book for you. James is the book for me. That's what the question is answering. James was one of the, the original disciples of Jesus. Uh, most scholars would say that this is one of Jesus' brothers, actually. So he spent a lot of time with Jesus. And he was writing to Christians who were struggling with, how do I live out my faith? And so what we're doing through this sermon series is we're going through the entire book of James, verse by verse, and unpacking what that means for our lives. And, and this section of scripture specifically really is about learning how to be a better human for other humans. Hear, hear that again. Learning to be a better human towards other humans. Because that's really the, one of two things God cares about, right? Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it means to be truly human. And the problem is we have the sinful nature, and we'll see that in a second, that gets in the way of us being human and being good humans to other humans. But that's what James is trying to get at from the beginning of this book to the end of the book, and certainly from the beginning of this chapter to the end of this chapter. It starts off, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. I, I was talking to a, a member last week, and they chuckled at this verse. I don't know why they chuckled at this verse, um, but they definitely looked at me, and they chuckled at this verse, right? Like, hey, those who want to teach the faith, it, it's, it, it's going to be harder for you. And there's a reason there, because God takes highly, highly responsible for those who are trying to lead others in their faith. It, it's not a... Uh, it, it's a good thing, it's a holy thing, but misrepresenting what God is up to is deeply heavy to our God. 
right? And, and that's what the scripture is really talking about, that, it, that it's serious when we try to lead others in the faith, but, but that's not just as a pastor. That's as worship leaders and helping in Sunday school. That's you as parents. That's when someone comes up and asks you about your faith. All of that, when we become a representative for what God is doing, there is holiness there. There is sacredness there. There is something serious happening in that moment. And so it doesn't just start off, yes, certainly that verse is about ministers, but, but it's beyond that. It, it's deeper than that. And then he goes on, for we all stumble in many ways. Right, so this is uh, good news and hard news, right? Because everyone, every single person in this room, every single person on this live stream, including the guy I see in the mirror every day, stumbles. We wrestle with two separate natures. And, and I was figuring out how I wanted to say this. I almost put in, we are all sinners and saints. But I think I actually like sinner saints better. A, because it kind of sounds like a metal garage band, right? Uh, but B, because we're two things at the same time. We both have a good nature and a nature that isn't so good. We, we, have, we have a nature that has been redeemed and been made righteous by Christ. And we've got this other side of us that really rebels against what God is up to inside of us. And they're happening at the same time. Sinner saints. And that's why we, as a church, build into our rhythm confession and absolution. Every week we come together and we're like, you know what, I am still a work in progress. I still have this sinner side of me. And so we confess before our God, we're still broken. And he says, and I forgive you, and I, and I love you. And he says, and I want to show you how to live out of that saint side of what I am doing in your life. The good news of James is that all of us struggle, which is good because we all do anyway. So he at least gives us not permission, but it's like, hey, y'all, you're in a big boat with a bunch of other people. But, but he doesn't just leave us there. He then gets into the meat of this first section of Scripture. He says, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able to uh, bridle his whole body. James is talking about communication. How we communicate is critical to how we live as a human towards other humans. And y'all, there are so many ways to communicate right now. If you have your James text, I literally in mine wrote text messaging, emailing, email forwarding, social media, right? In, in James' time, you gotta think of it as a illiterate culture, right? So literacy was about one to 2% within the Roman Empire. And that was if you could afford to buy parchment and ink, right? So when he was talking about your tongue, Audio oral communication was 99.9% .9 of all communication that was happening in ancient times. But, but that's not what we're talking about anymore, is it? We literally have hundreds of ways to communicate. There's group chats. There's slacks. I have five separate email addresses for Pete's sakes, right? All of it falls under the umbrella of our communication. 
And what we're going to see in the book of James is that our communication is one of the easiest ways for either the sinner side of us or the saint side of us to come out. And so James is saying, you want to be practical in your faith? Learn to control how you communicate because it has an impact. How much of an impact? Well, if we put bits in our mouth of horses so they will obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at ships. Though they are large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs, right? So he's using this analogy to say communication has insane power to how we have relationships with other people. And, and we know this. In fact, growing up, it is easier for me to remember when one of my parents said something critical of me than something positive of me. I have a full recollection of every time someone mocked me about something, right? Sometimes I face plant and people are like, whoa, Josh, that, that did not hit the right way, right? I remember that. And it's harder for me to remember, hey, you did really good there. Hey, I saw something good in you there because our communication has power. And it has power of how we connect to other people. And James is all about how we are human and a better human to other humans. And then it kind of gets dark. If you want to know how bad this is, James dives in pretty hardcore. So also the tongue is a small member and it boasts of great things. How great a forest, how a great forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is among our members, staining the whole body, setting the whole, uh, our entire course of life, set ablaze by the fire of hell. Now that's the metal stuff right there, right? I mean, look at that. Sweet, sweet, right? A world of unrighteousness, staining the whole body, set it ablaze by the fire of hell. Like, that's some heavy stuff. It, it can go bad really quickly. And we see that, right? We see that in our world. How communication and how we communicate and what we share and the posture in which we share it can literally destroy not just relationships, but cultures and countries. LISD. Communication, right? Communication in November when we all go out to vote again. C communication over those text messages, threads, where we take off a family member because we want to talk bad about said family member. It's, it's heavy stuff. It's very practical stuff. And it's stuff where if we're going to be honest, we have to admit with James, we all stumble in many ways. For every beast and kind and bird of every reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's restless, evil, full of deadly poison. That center side of us makes the communication really hard. It's constantly getting in there and trying to poison relationships. Because that's all sin knows how to do. Sin's one trick is destroying relationships. It either destroys our relationship with God, 
It destroys our relationship with each other. It can destroy our relationship with the physical world. And as Dave Helms, a counselor friend of the church says, it'll also destroy your relationship with yourself. That, that's all sin does. It just gets in there and destroys stuff. And we have a God who doesn't want to see destroyed relationships. He wants to see restored, reconciled relationships. And so James goes right at the issue. He says, y'all, our communication has to be in check. It has to be intentional. He goes on. With it, we bless with our tongue. We bless our Lord, our Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and curses. My brothers, those things ought not to be so. And this is really the root heart of it right here. And I love how he says this. Right? With our tongue, oh, I am blessed today, Pastor. Oh, God is good today, Pastor. Thank you, God, for all of your blessings. And also you, you're an idiot. Also, Pastor, did you see what this person did? Can you believe? Have you heard? And why does he say? It's because we are designed, we are built in God's image. From the same mouth, can from praise God, but then also curse someone made in the image of God. That's the heart of it. We all carry around a reflection of who God is. And James says, when we curse someone, when we mock someone, we don't use our communication to be a blessing to them. What are we doing? We're literally letting that sinner side of us guide us. One of my favorite quotes that really drives this home is from C.S. Lewis. And this is from a book called uh, The Weight of Glory. And it's a little bit of a long quote, but it's a good one. So I want to read through because for me, it really emphasizes how our communication can be used for good or, or how it can be used for bad. All right. So this is from C.S. Lewis. It's a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. To remember that the dullest and most interesting person you talk to may one day be a creature which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and corruption such as if you were to meet if, if, if at all only in a nightmare. What he's describing is when we get to eternity, we will be fully righteous, or we will be fully separated from God. And he's saying, hey, Every day, you live in a world that people are going in one direction or the other. And if you were to see yourself in heaven, in your full righteousness, fully connected to God, you would be so clean, so pure, so beautiful, C.S. Lewis says, you would be tempted to worship. Because it would be so foreign, right? And it wouldn't, you wouldn't be God, but you would be sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters of the Most High in your fullness, right? Because the flip side, though, uh, if you were to see yourself in hell, or see someone else in hell completely separated from God, you would be terrified. All right? Says, and we're going one way or the other. He goes on. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of those destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It's with the same awe, the same circumcision proper to them that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics 
There are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. He says, we use every communication we have to help people along towards one of two things, closer to God or farther away from God. Closer to who God made them to be or farther away from who God made them to be. Those are the only two options we have with our communication. And so it becomes both a privilege but also a responsibility. Going back to James chapter 1, y'all who teach, y'all who talk, you have a responsibility. And then he ends with this. He goes, nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are all mortal, and their life is to ours as a life of a gnat. All of the stuff that we think is important, it's going to be gone one day, but it is the immortals with whom we joke, work with, marry, snub and exploit. Immortals horrors, immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. And y'all, the stuff that lasts into eternity, it, it's not our culture. It's not whether you're a Texas fan or an OU fan. It's us. It's people that make it into eternity, either connected to God or disconnected to God. Splendors or horrors. And then he continues and he says, this does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play, and I love that. Right? It's not meant to be this like, oh, it's super serious all the time, can't smile. No, no, no. We must play. But our merriment must be that of a kind, and is in fact the merriest kind, which exists between people who have, from the outset, taken each other seriously. So no flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. For next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. Next to the Lord's Supper where Jesus says, I'm going to meet you here. Our neighbor, the individuals we meet with, we work with, we play, we serve as customers who come into our classrooms as students are the most sacred immortal things we experience. And what James says is we use our tongues to either draw them closer to God or farther from God. We use our text messages. We use our social media. Every form of communication draws in one direction or the other. And James is saying, y'all, we have this holy calling, this privilege to be able to be a part of helping people draw closer to God, not farther than to them. Helping draw out their identity, their reflection of God that he uniquely built into them. And then James ends by saying, does spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grape tree produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. He says, y'all, we, we don't get to play pretend in both worlds. We don't get to say, well, with these people, I really like, so I'll draw out the best of them. But these ones are really boring, so I'm going to avoid. We don't get to say, well, these people vote like me, so I'm going to help them, and these people don't, so they're obviously the enemy. Or these people look like me, or these people talk like me, or these people have the same language as me. Nope. James says, y'all, it's humans that we deal with, and we're trying to be better humans to all humans. So before we go into this next part, this last half of James, we're going to just do some confession and absolution because I know I here need to be reminded, okay, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still wrestling. I'm still stumbling. 
Uh, and so let, let's pray, and then we'll finish off uh, the last half of James. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, our words do not reflect you often. Our words do not draw people closer to you. Lord, our communication, Lord, whether it's text messages, whether it's emails, Lord, so often we look just like the world. And, and, and that sin or part of us breaks down relationships. And so, Father, Lord, we confess to you that sin. But, Lord, we are bold to confess because we know you are a God who forgives and who redeems us from all unrighteousness and our sins are forgiven and you remember them no more. Amen. All right, so he starts off. The first part of James chapter 3 is all about our tongues, but then he gets into wisdom. And he says, For who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show it in his works of the meekness of wisdom. James says, seek a gentle type of wisdom, which is not what we see in the world. Reality TV shows do not highlight a gentle type of wisdom, right? When we're watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or, or whatever reality show we want, right? Gentle wisdom is not highlighted. Gentle wisdom is not highlighted in 99.999% of our leaders, whether they be CEOs or politicians. Right? Gentle wisdom is not flashy. G gentle wisdom is not what the world will celebrate, but what James writes to the church is, y'all, seek a type of wisdom that is not of this world. This countercultural wisdom that, that changes things. And now what he's going to do is he's going to compare and contrast what that wisdom looks like. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Again, some pretty heavy words here. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. I mean, we, we see this, right? This is our culture in a nutshell. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But that's at the heart of whatever issue that gets under your skin. You're like, how did we get here? Earthly wisdom. That's it. People making their best choices and ending up in, in the worst places, right? It, it destroys relationships. It, it, it destroys communities. It destroys cultures. It makes us worse humans towards other humans. But the wisdom that, from, that is from above, well, it's first of all pure, Peaceable, it's gentle, it's open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. I mean, this, this is not any of our culture, right? And yet, James says, this is the stuff of eternity. This is the stuff that draws people closer to God, draws people closer to truth, draws people closer to a God who loves them and has a plan for them to be pure, to be gentle, open to reason, sweet. Could you imagine if the church was known to just being open to reason? 
Right? If this type of wisdom is what the church became known for, is what pastors became known for, to be pure, to be peaceable, agreeable, to be full of mercy and good fruits, right? this counter-cultural movement is how the church started. Rome was not that much different than America. At that time, they were the most powerful country in the world. They had all the money, they had all the culture, they had all the excess. And yet Christianity spread through that culture, not through power, not through being right, but by, through, and empowered by this gentle wisdom of God that it was so kind of cultural that people were like, that's real. That's different, and Christianity spread. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Righteousness means right relationships. And the book, the chapter ends, much like it begins, all about relationships. That God is calling us to be peacemakers. To start to restore and reconcile people who have been separated. Right? Because if sin specializes in breaking things apart, breaking relationships apart, our God specializes, and we as his children should specialize in bringing people back together. People of different cultures, people of different beliefs, people of different languages, people of different skin colors, that we can be peacemakers. And that's different than peacekeepers. I like to, peace, I like to keep the peace. I'll be fully honest with you. I don't like tension. Right? So I will go out of my way to temporarily resolve an issue even if it doesn't get to the underlying stuff. That is not what Paul is talking or James is talking about here. Instead, he's saying getting to the deeper stuff, not playing pretend, not just saying, oh, we all agree on everything and everything's fine. No, we've got real issues, real hurts, real differences. He doesn't say play pretend, but to learn to make peace through that purity and that gentleness and that open to reason through the wisdom that is from above, allows us to make relationships with each other. And again, it helps us be a better human towards other humans. Be a better human towards other humans that God made in his likeness, that he wants to be a part of his family, that he wants to call children of God, that one day into eternity that we will all be together reflecting him in its fullness. Let's pray. I'm going to invite the band up as we continue our worship. Heavenly Father, Lord, James is a hard book. It is, a, it is a challenge. It really shows our sinner side of that sinner-state relationship, but it is also a book full of promise, full of goodness, full of opportunity for us as your children to live differently counterculturally to this world. Lord, I pray that you continue to speak to and through us in this season. Lord, as we admit, we're still sinners, but we are so grateful that we are called saints to act and live differently. We say this all in your son's precious name. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about our church at actschurchleander.com.